This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Welcome back to Sports Day WA, wherever you may be listening across this big state of ours. Uh, Great to have your company as we look at the big sports stories of the day. And one that certainly caught my attention is that there looks like being a unique 2030 World Cup. And it's set to be played in Europe and Africa with the surprising addition of South America. Now, I've worked on a couple of World Cups. I've uh, attended a couple more World Cups, and it's often been in a centralised location. But as we saw with the FIFA Women's World Cup, sometimes it can be separated by two nations that are in close proximity geographically. But this is certainly something out of the box. And a man that I thought could comment on this is a man that has been involved in football all his life. Uh, He played, of course, in the local league here, represented Australia in the late 1990s, a very, very respected broadcaster as well. We're talking about Craig Foster. Craig, thanks for joining us on the program. No, that's okay. Yeah, I'm trying to make sense of it as much as you are. So let's, have a go. let's see. Let's see where we arrive at. I'm just wondering how it's going to work now. FIFA reportedly reached an agreement overnight between soccer's continental leaders to accept only one candidate for hosting the 2030 tournament, but in six countries. So let's just go through the dynamics here, Craig. The Spain-Portugal bid grew to add Morocco this year, and now also includes longtime bid rivals Argentina, Paraguay, and Uruguay. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Um, so one thing we can say about the bids for all of these major tournaments now is they've become much more complicated than in the past. One thing that FIFA and uh, the IOC, the Olympics, for example, wanted to try and move away from was a, a large bunch you know, of multiple bidders, all of whom were spending huge amounts of funds, government funds and otherwise, on trying to put bids together. Of course, what that meant was a lot of largesse, a lot of, um, you know, a lot of financial waste and a lot of corruption across both of the organisations uh, that we saw back as far as, you know, 2010 with Qatar and Russia. So we're seeing, much like the presidency of FIFA and, and of the AFC in which Australia sits, um, you know, this kind of trend of everyone coming together and just coalescing around a single person, in this case, a single bid. So the, the single bids is not a great surprise. Um, the, the financial cost of a FIFA World Cup, particularly a male World Cup, um, is you know, still extremely high. And so we're seeing a lot of the bidding of major sporting events now coming out of the golf area and particularly a huge financial investment in all of sport. Golf is well known with live but also particularly in football now from uh, Saudi Arabia, following on from Qatar and Bahrain and others. So I say that because, uh, you know, they're also talking about a bid in the next 25 days for 2034. In relation to 2030, yes, there was, uh, uh, as you said, there was uh, Portugal, uh, Spain and Morocco all collaborating on a bid. Um, And whilst this is all new, as you said, Australia and New Zealand just were co-hosts and that was hugely successful. We saw this also across the Euros recently, which was across quite a number of countries uh, only, uh, what, three years ago now, uh, across all of Europe. 
Um, so sharing the financial burden and allowing other countries to participate can be a very positive thing. One of the problems that we see with it is the additional cost for fans to continue to travel across borders and further distances. And of course, when it comes to climate change and climate action that sport is supposed to be not just concerned about, but taking the lead on, uh, then it can be really damaging to that. We saw reports out of the, you know, uh, the recent uh, male Euro back in 2021 uh, about you know, a huge lift in emissions because people are having to take flights all around Europe in order to support just a, a single team uh, rather than you know just staying and, and uh, you know uh, uh, traveling proximately. So, so what the odd thing about the bid for 2034 that's been announced is that not only will those three countries collaborate, which may be fine, but then there's going to be more games played in South America as well, because it is you see the the centenary. Of course, the first FIFA World Cup was in 2030, famously in Uruguay. And so they've tried to accommodate that, it seems, by taking some games, um, not just to Uruguay, but also, in fact, to uh, Argentina uh, and Chile. So that's a very odd a way to bring the two issues together. I'll tell you what I like is the romance of the World Cup. It's, it's got everything, and this is going to be interesting in 2030. But what I really like, because I have a connection with this, is that a key lure of this unprecedented three-continent project is being able to open in the first game in the Uruguayan capital of Montevideo, Uh, the Centenario Stadium, which hosted the inaugural 1930 World Cup final. And I remember, Fozzie, back in 2001, late in 2001, when the Socceroos played Uruguay at the Centenario Stadium. And I had the privilege of calling that with the late Johnny Warren and Clinton Gribers, who both have left us. And it was a special moment in my life. And it was a a special moment in Australian football. And the fact that they're going back to open this World Cup at the venue that started all this is, uh, again, the romantics of it all. Yeah, I think that's right. My expectation was that the 2030 World Cup for the centenary would return to South America. Now, the question was whether Uruguay are willing or capable of hosting singularly. I think there was a bit of an assumption that might not be the case, and therefore that they might collaborate uh, with, you know, in this case, uh, uh, so Uruguay and perhaps um, Argentina, for example, um, with, you know, more stadiums and, and collective infrastructure that was going to work. That's what I expected. So it's clearly been some sort of a political uh, outcome here whereby they've said, for some reason, they support the, you know, European and African, as you say, with Morocco bid. But they also, of course, want to still have South America involved. So, um, you know, having uh, Montevideo, uh, you know, having Uruguay involved, I think, in in essence, is wonderful. But it's a bit of a, <laughs> it seems a bit of a mess with you know, kind of typical FIFA as to how they've come to this resolution. I you know, I expected this world. I think everyone expected this World Cup to go back to South America. What I what I would say is, and I'm not privy to the politics of you know, I'm not involved in this. I'm not involved in the conversations or the discussions. But my guess is this: that uh, there's no question that there was never a question that. Saudi Arabia were going to get a World Cup. Infantino, the president, is a huge supporter of them uh, and the money that they're putting in, including for various uh, marketing rights and other things. They've bought Newcastle United, Manchester United. um, They've bought a huge number of players, including Cristiano Ronaldo and others. They are literally investing uh, billions 
of dollars in football right now, and that is in uh, overwhelmingly in order to be able to host the World Cup. They were not happy that their regional uh, regional well, um, I was going to say allies, actually, in many respects enemies, because you remember in recent years there was some diplomatic incidents and tension between Qatar and Saudi Arabia. Mm. And Saudi Arabia tried to use Infantino as the president to open up the Qatari World Cup to allow them, and they brought Kuwait into the equation, to try and do a co-hosting bid just for last year. Now, this I'm only going back here three or four years when there was a, a, a blockade of... Uh, Qatar and uh, and the port, um, you know, between uh, Saudi Arabia and Qatar. So there was a, a an attempt to use the politics of football and broader geopolitics for Saudis to get involved in last year's World Cup. They were desperate to be in that because of the prestige, I think, of you know the 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 host nation being in the Middle East. They wanted to, if not be the first, be one of the first. Yeah. That wasn't successful. The Qataris said no. We're going to host it ourselves. Uh, and Infantino tried to bring that to pass, and it didn't work. So part of the payoff of that is that Saudi were going, are going to host one. Now, there was talk that they wanted the 2030, which is hugely, um, you know, memorable uh, and important date, you know, the centenary. And I would imagine that because now they're talking about uh, Saudi Arabia with 2034, and therefore there seems to have been some type of bargain to say to Spain, Portugal, and Morocco, well, look... Um, you know, these guys are going to have 2034 now. So if we give it to South America, you won't be till 2038. And therefore, you know, why don't you guys come together and just do a bit of a hodgepodge in 2030? Everyone's happy. We'll do a few in South America. You guys can have a Europe and Africa. We'll talk about three continents. And because we all know that Saudi Arabia, you know, the, the, the big outcome of this is that Saudi Arabia want to get 2034. Mm. That's, so, that's ultimately how so people let's, work. So let's look at 2034, because out of the dialogue when they announce this unique 2030 World Cup is that it will be limited, this is 2034, to member federations from Asia and Oceania. And you mentioned where Saudi Arabia fit in this. Is there hope yeah. that Australia might be in the 2034 member federations mm. mix uh, for that year? Okay, that's a very, very good question because um, uh, we don't know the answer. No one knows the answer except if they're talking directly to Infantino. Um, but what I would say is I'd be surprised if uh, if uh, Saudi Arabia want to open it up at all. Uh, my understanding is that they want to be seen now as a central key destination for sports, tournaments, events, uh you know, and a kind of central part of the world where sport can now be centralised. And one of the reasons to that is because of a climate action and, you know, and the limiting of carbon emissions. And people are coming to terms with the fact that these major tournaments mean a huge amount of travel, a huge amount of new infrastructure, and, and you know, that that's not always terribly positive. So they want to make themselves as a, as a region or as a country whereby sporting events can actually be hosted in perpetuity, you know, including uh, winner sports events, you know, indoor. So this is part of the future uh, project of the Saudi Arabian uh, uh, prince, Mohammed bin Salman. So therefore, uh, my understanding is that they want to host it solely in 2034. So what's been said to others within Asia and Oceania is you've only got 25 days to bid. Now, that's obviously patently, you know, to, or to at least to express that you are going to put in a formal bid. 
Now, that's ridiculous, but of course, given that we just had the, the uh, female football World Cup here in Australia, all of those conversations would have been ongoing throughout that time. So Football Australia would, would have known, I'd, I would hope, exactly where this was going to land. The question is for Australia, do we bid against Saudi Arabia? I would have thought, given that the president of the AFC immediately came out and supported the Saudis, and he's Bahraini, uh, Salman, uh, I would have thought that that's probably unlikely. Australia would likely be trying to trade whatever capital and leverage we have with Saudi Arabia and the others to perhaps be saying, well, we'll all swing our support behind you for 34 and we want 38. Um, so it becomes complex because it tr it's supposed to be on a rotation basis. Uh, and you know, once it comes back to Asia with Saudi Arabia in 34, it's unlikely that Australia can be involved for a, a, a you know, significant amount of time. Mm. So your question's a good one because Australia would have to now decide, do we bid against or immediately is there an opportunity to try and actually collaborate uh, with Saudi, uh, with other uh, Asian nations to make it a broad AFC bid? I don't know how realistic that is. And Australia would... Um, I think, but certainly should have issues um, that would have to be kind of threshold issues with Saudi Arabia in terms of their human rights and other areas that would need to be overcome before we should even be thinking about, you know, uh, participating in any form of, of joint bid. Yeah, interesting. Uh, Fozzie, thanks for joining us. Just before we let you go, the A-League is about to start uh, our very own local domestic competition uh, you're looking forward to it, uh, and uh, let's, yeah. hope, let's hope we see a, a really good season. I know we're excited here at the Perth, Corey. I think they've uh, secured a yeah. very good coach in Alan Stadich. Uh, I did something with he and Tony Popovich, uh, Melbourne Victory, over mm. here for a couple of mm. friendies. It was good to catch up with them. I'm looking forward to the upcoming season. Yeah, so am I. Yeah, look, uh, Stadic did well with Philippines there, you know, and previously to that. He made a big contribution in turning around Central Coast Mariners. I must say, Paul Ocon did before that as well. He actually did a fabulous job, Ocon, when he came in uh, and, you know, and turned them around from, you know, um, kind of uh, also-rans or hopeless for a couple of years to actually really competitive, uh, beating Sydney up there and playing, you know, really good attacking football with youngsters. And then Stagic contributed further to that. And then, of course, you saw last year, you know, that amazing grand final. So, look, the, the A-League's women and men, you know, is starting, which is uh, fantastic. Uh, you know, there's been some brilliant uh, international women come into the competition as well, which is great to see. A lot of excitement building, you know, post uh, uh, Women's World Cup, which was just unbelievable. Uh, so let's hope that it is going to be a, a fabulous season. I'm very, very excited about it. I know that you, I know you had the glory had a win, as I understand it, three one, and then, uh, and then in the second game, uh, Melbourne Victory came back. So hopefully that gives us a sense of the number of goals that are going to be scored this year, the attacking football we're going to see. Some good coaches continuing to grow. We've got coaches doing great all around the world now, being talked about. Not just Ange at Tottenham is doing unbelievable. But, uh, you know, Muskie's been talked about now for the Rangers job in Scotland. And uh, our coaches are doing really great. So I'm looking forward to seeing how the football evolves. And you're doing really great on Stan Sports as well. And uh, thank you very much for joining us, Fozzie. It's always a pleasure to have a chat to you. And uh, we'll talk again soon.
We certainly will. Thanks, mate. Okay, Craig Foster joining us here on Sports Day WA. Thanks to Kia, the EV6 GT, the World Performance Car of the Year. And also our friends at Toolmart, the Complete Tool Centre, and they've been serving WA for over 45 years. Don't go away. You can join us on the Tempera Bedshed text machine, 0487 736 736. What do you think about this World Cup bid? I reckon we'll warm to it. It's pretty horrendous at the moment, the way it's all being planned out, because we're not used to it. We would have to see the dynamics on how it works. Uh, we'll talk more about that uh, during uh, you know the next few weeks as things start to crystallise on how the format of that World Cup will play out. Come back with more after this here on Sports Day WA.